Welcome to OhiCast, where we pull back the curtain to take a sneak peek at the upcoming 76th Ojai Music Festival, taking place June 9th to 12th in the beautiful Ojai Valley, California. All are welcome here, from newcomers to longtime music fans. In-depth insights and special guests will help introduce this year's programming and whet your musical appetites for what's to come. I'm your host, Emily Praetorius, and this is OhiCast. More music and dance, plus some delightful community events, bring our four-day festival to a close. From Hans Otta's solo piano piece, The Book of Sounds, through to a finale concert that displays the virtuosity of all 17 Amok members together, Sunday will be a celebratory ending to this 76th festival season. Today, we'll get to hear again from Artistic and Executive Director Ara Guzalimian and Amok co-founder Zach Winokur, as well as dancer and choreographer Julia Eichten and bassist and composer Doug Balliot. Sunday opens with another 9 a.m. meditation concert at Chaparral Auditorium. The two Eastman pieces on this program, Our Father and Buddha, will bring us together into a sacred state of consciousness. Both pieces will have already been played on Friday's Eastman concert, but I assure you they will not be the same two experiences, especially in the case of Buddha. As mentioned in episode two, many of Eastman's pieces are scored for open instrumentation and leave room for interpretation or decision-making in each performance. Buddha leaves much up to interpretation, from the instrumentation to the number of instruments to the piece duration. Note durations are even undefined and are only suggested relative to each other. Harmony or polyphony is entirely dependent on the number of instruments used. Here's Amok double bassist and composer Doug Balliot to share with us his experience of playing Eastman pieces multiple times. I just thought we'd touch a little bit on this, um, sort of from the performer's point of view. I know that you all have done a lot of scholarship um, together is this correct to, to do this? Definitely. And we've been uh, fortunate to have Seth Parker Woods and Devon as well, both really resident experts in uh, Eastman's music. And I think for a lot of the rest of us in the band, it's been a big learning curve, but an amazing one. And one that, uh, you know, the line that I've sort of been saying is I can't believe I, I've studied music in my undergrad and went to Juilliard and it took me so long to learn about Julius Eastman. And I think a lot of people are I think a lot of people are feeling that way as they as we're having this Eastman renaissance and there's a lot of outstanding work being done on his music all around the world really uh, and this is our contribution we've been exploring a number of his pieces and his pieces also have uh, qu quite a lot of aleatoric we say but meaning a bit of choose your own adventure element to them um, Buddha which we're performing at Ojai is extremely beautiful I think we're doing that uh, it's Saturday or Sunday morning, but it's a morning concert and it's this meditative piece. I love playing it because it feels like I'm meditating um, It's and it's gorgeous. And then Stay On It is the opposite end of, of the energy spectrum as all of the energy of, a, of an after party. And I think we're finishing the final concert with that. We may even be playing it twice. We've talked about that. His music lends itself so well to multiple performances because they, they really are different. And I think that's fun for a listener to hear a, a piece twice and how different it can really be. So there's these sort of breadcrumbs through the whole festival, but a full Eastman feature program that, um, yeah, I, I'm equally psyched about that, to be honest. 
Yes, yeah. I the both Buddha and Stay on it will be played more than once throughout the festival. Um, and I am curious. You've played uh, these several of his pieces um, several times now, and with this sort of open instrumentation, uh, how maybe for the just for the listeners, how how does it feel to sort of have these different interpretations and different instrumentations and the um, how does it change from performance to performance? You know what's great is it really shuts down the notion like, but wait a minute, it's supposed to go like that. <laughs> you, you, you hear something and it's it's not what you were expecting, but uh, there's no part of you that wants to say that's wrong or like uh, that's not at all um, the way we do it. No, each time there's a new player, it's it's a new ingredient in this dish we're all cooking up. I mean, it's not totally free form, um, but each time there's a new player, we uh, we rehearse, we talk, uh, we incorporate new ideas, um, and that's that's part of the joy of this music. We did uh, prepare a, we're, this program that we're putting together. I think will continue to evolve, like most Amok projects. We perform it and say, okay, what will we do to it next time? How can we improve it or deepen it or tailor it to this new venue? So we did a version of this program on Little Island in New York, a sort of artificial park in the Hudson River, um, and that was our. And this will be our second really big presentation of it. And we've added a piece and we've moved some things around. And I think we're all pretty excited about rehearsing it and uh, making a, a new version as best we can. The meditative energy of this morning Eastman concert will pave the way for the following 10 a.m. morning concert at Libby Bowl, where a muck pianist, Connor Hannock, will perform a stunning solo piano work by composer Hans Otta entitled The Book of Sounds. Just listening to the opening first minute will give you a sense of how the Eastman concert and this Book of Sounds concert will lay a spiritual foundation for the festival's Sunday morning. was just the first minute of Hans Otz's hour-long piece, The Book of Sounds. The piece is in 12 breathtaking movements, with each movement inviting the listener to become one with the resonances of each sound, whether it be a sustained chord, a layered texture, or just a single note. I myself have experienced this feeling of being in the sound while listening to this piece. It's a feeling above and outside the material realm, where existence feels suspended and time just ceases to exist. Here again is executive and artistic director Ara Guzalimian telling us about how this special piece came to be programmed at this year's festival. 
I heard Connor Hannock in a house concert, a small house concert in Santa Barbara, play a characteristic set that included very new pieces written for him and back to Ravel and Messiaen. Um, and in the midst of it, he played two movements from a work I'd never heard before by a composer I didn't know, um, Hans Otter's The Book of Sounds. And, and it was one of the most captivating and mesmerizing um, experiences when you encounter something new that is almost sort of beyond what you can imagine, but you're drawn in at the same time. Hans Otto was um, born, I think, in 1926. He was a German um, radio producer, pianist, composer, sound artist, um, poet, with a deep interest in particularly Eastern spirituality. He was one of John Cage's great champions in Germany, which in his generation must have been an uphill battle. He was also an early minimalist. He's about a dozen years younger than Philip Glass and Steve Reich and Lamont Young and Terry Riley, that pioneering generation of minimalists. But he was certainly a kindred spirit. And this piece is his magnum opus. It's about an hour and 10 minutes. It's 12 piano pieces that explore slowly folding sonorities um, and harmonies in the most unexpected way that without overemphasizing it unquestionably to me has a kind of meditative spiritual context. And so the minute I heard just the two movements that Connor played at this house concert, I actually in that experience pictured it as being absolutely perfect for that kind of magical Sunday morning time in Ojai, which tends to be a quieter and more reflective time. Um, and that was one of my um, requ specific requests. And because there was such a ear opening and kind of spirit expanding experience for me that that um, I, I thought we would be doing everybody a favor by introducing them to this um, little known composer and this extraordinary piece. That was R. Guzalimian sharing some background on his experience with the Book of Sounds, followed by another excerpt, this time from Movement 10 of the piece. To hear more from R. about the Book of Sounds, he has an extended conversation with pianist Connor Hannock in the Ojai Virtual Talk, linked in the show notes below. There you can find out more about this piece and its fascinating historical context and compositional structure. 
Sunday continues on after these grounding morning concerts with an afternoon of two thrilling world premieres, both free community events in Libby Park. At 12 p.m., we'll have the premiere of Dance in the Park, an engaging new dance piece by Amok dancer and choreographer Julia Eichten. And at 4 p.m. will be the premiere of Doug Balliot's Rome is Falling. I spoke with Julia and Doug about their exciting new pieces and also about being part of Amok in general. Julia, what is it like to be a dancer in a muck where you get to work and collaborate with um, not just musicians, but opera singers and uh, just a much bigger, more interdisciplinary production than what maybe a usual dancer would be doing? Wow. Well, it is a it's a deep pleasure that, um, you know, deepens all of our work collectively and individually and to actually have a space to have those conversations about how dance and music really intersect. Um, Yeah, music is so a part of what dancers do and it's a part of who we are, I think. Um, And so to have this kind of level playing field where we can all be agents on the same team, not in this kind of, uh, yeah, we all have the same goal, which I think is different than from being inside an opera or, inside of a theatrical work, maybe that you're coming inside of where there's not as much uh, space for process and to really kind of have this leveling out of the disciplines that we can all meet on the same floor and figure out what foot we even want to start on together is, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege. I I don't know how else to put it. Um, And I hear music differently now I listen differently now to music and also inside of my own dancing, I hear differently. And, you know, all of those things can't necessarily be articulated always. Like I think the language and and that sharing is still coming. I think that takes a lot of time and um, effort together. And there's so much for us to learn from each other. So to have that space and opportunity, I think is the real uh, gift here of of Amok and the space that it provides for us. Yeah, I love that. It almost sounds like it, it's like you're like this living organism growing together um, mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, and that you take you grow as a group, but then also as individuals and to your own individual works as well. Exactly, and and you know that's that's a a feat to make space for seventeen very different individuals who, yeah, have a such a variety and vast uh, vast interests from each other, and there's so much learning that happens that it's hard to kind of keep up and keep track with all of that. But it's uh, so lovely to have those moments where. Um, you know, I was with Miranda and with Caracast in San Diego a couple of weeks ago, and she said, I actually used a tool of dance inside of my class um, for the musicians I was working with and talked to them about embodiment and to hear that kind of transmission and translation be happening in all of our works, even outside of the company is, uh, I think, really where the minutia of, of what we do lives. Mm. If that made sense. I don't oh, know. that makes complete sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. <laughs> I know what you meant, and it makes total sense. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, and 
would you talk a little bit about uh, the piece that you'll be having in the park? Um, and I believe it's the world premiere, but was it written specifically for this uh, in the park <laughs> concert? That it, we'll it will be. And it, it's actually a piece of electronic music uh, that's composed and edited by uh, my partner, whose name is Juniper. And Brett and I, and the three of us were all in the studio together and each day would make a new musical composition uh, live through Ableton. So it's kind of an amalgamation of all of that time spent together, as well as Brett and I's um, history of being creative partners over the last 10 years. So there's a lot trying to fit into um, the space of a dance at the park, um, along with a little, a waltz that may be familiar to some, um, but we'll be kind of using it as a gather in, so I don't want to give too much away about ah, that. Okay, but, um, yes, yes. No spoilers. Um, but yes, it's a new creation between uh, Brett Easterling and myself. Um, we go as Eichterling as a duo. And uh, this is kind of the first meeting point for us after school where we're engaging in our work together um, and not individually, uh, just because of how life has been over the last decade. And yeah, the hope is that it's super bright, very playful, and really hones in on uh, these themes of hopefulness, togetherness, and humans being humans together, and uh, as well as dealing with this intersection of, of dance being music, and what is the kind of historical context there, and then what is our personal context within both of our own histories and trajectories of, of life. Yeah, of course. Oh, it sounds like it's going to be great uh, as for bringing the community together as well. Um, this being, you know, anyone passing by in the park can kind of stop in and see exactly. what's going on. Yeah, it sounds like you really kind of thought about that aspect as well, which is really special for the OI community. I feel like it's such a, it's such a small town, you know, we love these kind of gathering feeling. Well, and, and the park really has that feeling, I think, already existing in it. So it's exciting to be activating that um yeah together and hanging out in the in the sun yeah, <laughs> together hanging out in movie park <laughs> yeah exactly. which is yeah. uh doug your piece as well um taps into this i believe uh this sounds like it's going to be a, a wild ride uh if you don't would like to share <laughs> yes um uh, thank you it, there's a lot of similarities with uh Julia's piece that it's, it'll be a new work presented in the park. And I'd just love to echo some of what um, Julia was saying about uh, about Amok and the, you know, I feel like we've taken the dancers and musicians and composers and directors out of the silos that they're normally in. And we get to be in a room creating together. And uh, um, that really is something that uh, we talk about it and we try to achieve it, but Amuk is is really doing it. And I also value uh, that time, that creative space. And I really value the opportunity to create something for Ojai. I, I had made a, a um, an opera in New York um, a couple years ago called Gawain and the Green Knight with a lot of, the audience was given some music so that they could sing at key choruses. 
and it was a sort of community feeling. And so um, when Matt and Zach uh, talked to me about making a piece, it was like, can we capture something like that? And what's the story you would want to tell? And strangely enough, the story that I really want to tell and I'm so attracted to and thinking about all the time is the fall of Rome. And why is that? It's just, it's just kind of an amazing story, apart from <laughs> the importance to human history. It really has everything. It's got love and betrayal and hordes of barbarians. It's got pandemic it's got war, um, it's got climate events, it's got really a lot of the things that we're going through today. And it doesn't have to be a brutally depressing story. It's certainly not always happy. Um, uh, but it's it's not, you know, it's funny because I've heard some murmurings like, is this, I mean, is this a lecture or a piece? Is this, uh, I mean, is this appropriate for a Sunday afternoon? And the answer is, it's a piece and it's going to be awesome. Like, uh, and as you were saying, the idea is that people walking by, it doesn't matter if they know if it's about the fall of Rome or not. You can follow the story if you like. But more than anything, I think it's going to be a concert in the park. We're really working on right now assembling a choir of young people from the Ojai community and area. Um, I'm really, I, I hope it works out. I think it should. I've been talking with this choral director and um, that's so exciting to me to imagine these kids as monks in the desert for this one <laughs> scene or, um, or what have you. Again, I don't want to give away too much. Um, but that's the long and short of it, the fall of Rome, or Rome is falling, as we're calling it. It's a bit more whimsical. Uh, yeah. And it's a collaboration also, I should mention, between a muck and a, a group called Ruckus, which is a, a Baroque group that's based in New York and what that I'm also a member of. And that's a, a continuo band, meaning sort of like a rhythm section for Baroque music, where cello, guitar, lute, harpsichord, organ, and that's uh, exactly this. These are people that have the skill set to play Bach uh, passions, but also improvise on changes or read a jazz lead sheet. Exactly the kind of musicians I love working with that I can mm -hmm. say, can I please have a D minor seven? Can it be stormier? And they say, definitely. And yeah, I, that's a joy to compose for these people. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, that certainly be looking forward to that as well. My goodness, this is, uh, it's going to be an afternoon of, uh, dare I say, fun. It sounds like <laughs> yes. I, I think, think so. you should. Those are, those are both <laughs> on Sunday, right? Yeah, those will be two uh, free afternoon concerts on Sunday in Libby Park. Yes, so please join us for a free, fun, and engaging afternoon in Libby Park with Julia Eichten's Dance in the Park at 12 p.m. and Doug Balliot's Rome is Falling at 4 p.m. This brings us to our final concert of the festival, a real party of a program with a muck and ruckus, featuring a smattering of compositions both old and new. There will be two world premieres by composer Celeste Oram, some Frescobaldi, some Vivaldi, two Philip Glass pieces, Schubert's Städtchen, and to close it all out, a final rousing performance of Eastman's Stay On It. It will be a concert that not only bookends the festival with the opening night concert, but also sends us off with a communal celebratory spirit. Here's Amok co-founder Zach Winokur again to sum up this final concert and the entire festival. Yeah, well, and maybe that's also just an important thing to actually say really clearly, which is that, you know, the 
the point of the opening concert is really to introduce so many ideas that will kind of light up the festival over the next over the following days, but also to really introduce you to all of the artists and the company. Um, mm -hmm. And then it just keeps on expanding from there. And you see these kind of passageways and pathways and uh, how the network kind of keeps expanding really organically. Um, and so in a sense, the whole thing is a rocket ship, right? Like it's from you know, <laughs> Devon's solo voice Eastman to this ecstatic celebration with literally the entire mixed forces of the of the uh, of every participating artist in the festival yes yeah and it, yeah and I'm, now I'm looking at the final concert as well it yeah and it's so funny because you've got you have the Vivaldi in there but you can trace the breadcrumbs you know from the opening concert where you've got you know the Orlando Gibbons and then you have the about Bach and then you know um exactly. and it, it it's just so well structured what you guys have done here Thanks. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of credit also to Ara for that, and and to the entire company who you know kind of spent countless hours talking together about you know how exactly these art, uh, arcs and and the kind of Uber architecture of it would work. Yeah. Um, but I think there are so many different ways to enter, um, and it does feel like a beautiful kind of tangled web. But one that will one that one that we're all going to enjoy being in together. Yeah, for I sure. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For the new listener coming to the festival, maybe this is their first time coming to the festival. What would you? How would you introduce this this sort of wondrous web and um, all these sort of different kinds of music that they're going to be experiencing? Um, what would you What would you say to them as an introduction? Um, I mean, I guess I guess one of the things that we're really interested in as a company is to you know tell stories in the most compelling and unmitigated way possible and to use all the resources at hand in the space of a theater or in the space of a festival to do so. Um, and I think that one of the things that's particularly of interest to me as an audience member, when I get the privilege to be one, is a kind of like viscerality and intimacy. And, and, and um, I like when it's close up and personal. And I think that that's one of the, the really exciting features of this festival is that you, you do get to interact with people, both kind of in the interstitial space between performances, but also in the performances themselves. And I think there's an incredible, rich and diverse number of offerings um, because of who we are, which is a group of really diverse people who um, come from different disciplinary backgrounds and ways and, of thinking and performing. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we're always trying to do is, is, is just be present for listening. And I think one of the most exciting things about the work that we do um, and, and, you know, new things generally is that you're not there to see if people execute things you know better than the last person you saw do them, but simply to pay attention and listen to what they do next. And I think, uh, you know, there are also a couple of very intentional programming things like a couple of the Eastman pieces, which you'll hear multiple times and, and in different contexts. And, and part of the point of that is, you know, not just that music changes every time it's performed, but in particular in the, in the work of Eastman, it changes radically and that that's actually a part of the music. And if you only hear it once, uh, you, you haven't actually heard it. Um, and so I think just being kind of showing up to be present for, you know, 
all of those experiences is really fun. And I think there's also the fact that, you know, this year there's a lot to look at, not just to hear. Um, so I think it also adds multiple ways to enter. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. It's got, it's not going to be this sort of performers on a stage, audience members in their seats and the, that wall in between throughout the entire festival. Yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. in one way or another, even things that are like quote unquote less theatricalized, like some of our costume, uh, some of our co- concerts will be theatricalized because that, <laughs> that is the nature of our work. You know, like yeah. we're really interested in making sure that there's um, like as much visual excitement and other kinds of stimulation as possible um, to, to, to help you in your listening um, and to, to make you think. Yeah. I love that. It's like the amount of engagement that you all have as a group, you are bringing out to engage with to the audience as well, which exactly. is a beautiful thing. And that's precisely what we at the festival are hoping you come away with after this final festival concert. The sense that you've not only experienced the amazing pieces and links between pieces of this architectured program, but also that you feel a real connection to the artists as well as the stories and intentions they'll be telling us through music, dance, and performance. Sunday will be an invigorating ending to our 76th season, sending us off with optimism, hope, and that same vibrant energy that Amok will be bringing us throughout the entire festival. Come join the festivities on Sunday, June 12th at the Ojai Music Festival in beautiful Ojai, California. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for listening to OhiCast, the podcast that takes a sneak peek at the year's Ojai Music Festival. For more information, you can visit ojaifestival.org and you can follow us on social media at at ojaifestivals. This podcast was written and produced by Emily Praetorius with audio engineer Louis Ng. It's kind of overwhelming to choose um, and it's a special delight when all of us are actually in the same place at the same time. And I think that is really the thing that I'm I'm looking forward to the most is 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 just being being there and with everyone and uh, with all of the Ojai Music Festival goers as well. Likewise, I've heard great things about the audiences at Ojai, so I can't wait to meet them and interact with them, hopefully, and uh, talk with them. And, you know, we've been working on this festival for like a year and having meetings and talks and rehearsals. So I'm looking forward to that golden moment when the festival starts and all the work has been done, basically, and then we can just enjoy and play the pieces and go to each other's concerts and say, yes, we're, yes. we are doing it. It's hard to believe. Exactly. <laughs>